Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Get More Students podcast. My name is Alex Asher, CEO of LearnCube. And I'm Herbert Gerzer, founder of Learn Media. Uh, one of the things we often get asked, particularly by corporate language training businesses, actually without fail, is, you know, <laughs> how do I find new businesses? That oh, yes. a fundamental pain point and a critical part of growing a corporate language business. And uh, when I was thinking about answering this question, I thought of one person in particular, and that person is Nicola Lutz. She is the founder of No Fluff, and she really focuses on sales training. She's a very experienced sales mentor. And I thought you would be the best person, Nicola, <laughs> to actually help us delve into some really sort of foolproof ways for people to think about finding new business, finding new prospects, and particularly focusing on the B2B uh, corporate language training business uh, arena. So, Nicola, we've uh, we've got five ideas for us. Do you want to just tell us as well what you've seen from clients that you've worked with in the past of what they kind of sort of either forget or struggle with when it comes to prospecting and finding new business? Oh, so quite often they forget the basics. So they go after the nice shiny things that are really exciting to do, especially if they yeah. are sales focus because we lose attention quite quickly um so i think going back to the basics and actually making yourself hustle a bit more yeah. and mm. uh, getting back to those fundamental ways to find new clients don't just rely on social media inquiries don't just rely on people um opening your emails if you want mm. the business especially now you're gonna have to go and find the business it doesn't have to be super fancy doesn't have to be super expensive a lot of it's free um and just focusing on what will actually turn the dial i think is, is important i think it's a really good way of starting because i think it's qu quite an, an easy way to go oh if i just post a few more times on linkedin that'll make all the difference to the business mm -hmm. and i think they're quite different things like one is like positioning and people kind of knowing you and then the other aspect of sales how do i find new business is the kind of hustle part that you mentioned, which can often mean picking up a phone, uh, writing an email, actually putting yourself into a place where somebody has to action something rather than just read or or like something. I know the more excuses you give them to put it off, to put off buying or go to your competitor, they're going to take it. Why would you give them the opportunity? They've got the opportunity to say no to your face in a meeting or on a call. But first of all, you have to actually ask for the business. And I think a lot of people forget about that or think it's rude in some way, which is. Mm. I think this is a great fun, you know, starting point, actually, Nicola. Before we go into those five, to make them foolproof, you kind of have to get the fundamentals right. And do you want to just, again, I think you're already kind of hitting home some of the key aspects of sales, but it might just be worth, what have you found to be the most important things to remember if you're trying to create either an effective sales process or even building a sales team? Ooh, an effective sales process always starts with a customer. Where are they now? Even if that's not where you want them to be. <laughs> and even if you think they're in the wrong place now, you have to meet them where they are mm. and move forward from there at their pace. It's their buying process as well as your sales process. But be super clear on how to move them through your sales process whilst being aligned with their buying process. So while they're considering options, be aware they're looking at your competitors uh, and you could still be the most helpful professional in their inbox or on the phone while they're considering the competitors. You're just more likely to tip the balance in your favor when it comes to actually buying. But um, building a sales team 
empathy and listening better than schmoozing and all of that kind of stuff. I love a bit of confidence. That's all good. But actually, <laughs> those ambiverts, so the people that are possibly a bit shy or a bit introverted, but are brilliant at listening and super curious about other people, they're the best sales people in my experience. How do you then get past, again, I think this is one of the, the, the bits that people really struggle with. How do you get past the first blocker, which is, I can see that you're a business. I have no idea if you have a need. And so how do you kind of um, help people identify themselves that they've got something worth talking to? Because if you just send meetings as well, they're kind of like, who are you? And I think also people get stuck in the, I'm just looking. It's much easier for somebody to say, sorry, not interested. Uh, if they kind of hear you out of the blue. So how, do you have any kind of thoughts on starting that process as well? Uh, well, I think if they're going, oh, I'm just looking and you've scared them off, then you've pitched too soon, actually. You yeah. haven't got trust and value in your brand. And actually, that's where the marketing and the emails and the social media posts will come mm -hmm. in, builds that trust and makes them feel more comfortable about it. And it means that you're talking about you and not them. What do they need? You're just trying to pitch at them. And that's just, you know, that's just like like in the sound of your own voice, isn't it? Why would you do that? Ask, ask about them or, um, you know, show them, I don't know, a case study of someone similar, for example. Or yeah. Something. That's why all these uh, videos of various things on TikTok and YouTube sell well, is because they've got loads of people to post about them and give them usually some money, affiliate link or whatever it is for doing that. But we trust them much more than someone pitching at us um but the first step i think is if it's my, my advice would vary here actually so if it's a kind of lower ticket sale i would just ask the questions just go in and ask the questions because it's all about volume you've just got to kind of get through it if it's a higher ticket item you've got to go and research the company that you're selling to i think what that's more that? likely right like corporate language yeah. we often think of a at least a business where there's a significant number of people. So it's not going to be, you know, like I'm not selling a $20 lesson. I'm selling kind of a, a significant piece of value to mm. a business. Yeah. You're selling, you are, you might be selling a trial lesson, for example, so yeah. you might be selling mm -hmm. something free even getting them on to your side is, is mm -hmm. the first step. Um, but yeah, researching first, it really helps in that, that first call or first meeting, if you know what you're talking about. Great. So let's then move to the five ways of approaching that. Now that we've got the kind of fundamentals in place, uh, your first one, you kind of mentioned to me that a great place to start was actually with your previous clients. So tell me about that, because it's really easy to forget that actually we've got all this these clients that have worked with us in the past. Yes. So two ways to, so this is all about finding new clients, but you can find renewed clients in your alumni and your previous clients. So yeah. um, contacting them, don't be afraid to contact them. They'll usually have already bought into your brand and experienced your good stuff. So don't be afraid to contact them um, and ask them if there's anything else that they would like would be one thing. So ask them if there's any more business there for you. But also, do they know anyone else that might be interested? Do they have any um, colleagues or um, partners that they work with that could use your training as well? So don't forget, they're a great source. And they just having someone um, else introduce you, ideally, would be the ideal. If you can get a past client that's very happy, introduce you by email to another person. So moving on to referrals really here, then they are so much more likely to buy. 
that trust is inbuilt. You don't have to go through all the rest of the stuff there. Yeah, and I guess there's a small amount of just preparing for that, right? Which is ensuring you're picking the right clients, at least that you know have had a, a good, if not excellent experience with you. Uh, otherwise, again, that referral may be lackluster or maybe you won't get the same results. Yes, I mean, as I, I would hope that there's some sort of feedback after the training has happened. Uh, and that is actually ideally where you would ask them for an introduction or a referral or um, to use them in a case study or for feedback or whatever it might be. Uh, you know, get it while it's hot, as it were. So uh, make sure that's already in place when they finish their programme. I think there's a point there that might be worth just digging into there, Nicola, but you've also got existing customers or even new customers coming on board. You said something that really resonated with me, which is when somebody is new and they're having their first experience, particularly if you've made that a great first experience, they're usually at their most willing to help you. They're also validating to themselves that I've made the right choice. And what better way of validating the right choice than to say, hey, I've actually found this person or this company that's doing my, my language training. And wow, what a difference it is to work with them. So maybe you can kind of pull out a little bit around some ideas for when to ask for those. Uh, and I think probably we're going to get into the referrals part, your second point there, uh, when to ask for that. Um. I like to ask for feedback, which can lead to referrals and recommendations um, at several places. So, and it depends on the cadence of the training as well. But let's say it was intense, several hours a week training. Um, I would do it in the end of their first week and ask how they've progressed, what's going on. It's also great from an academic point of view anyway. And you can also get your teachers involved or your DOS or whoever is involved in this yeah. uh, and get them to help you with that feedback. So I would gather something there. And then about halfway through, once they've reached some sort of milestone, which usually you would uh, have decided with them in advance, and then um, in their last week or so, I would do it then. Um, so I'd have several points. And at each point, I would say, do you know anyone else that might be able to do this? Do you know um, any other companies that might benefit from this? And, and go forward like that. And then we are talking about referrals. And um, I think it's something like 89%. I have some stats, let me find. 89% of people are happy to refer when they've had a good experience, 83%, sorry, but only 29% do. That's because we don't ask them. Yeah. <laughs> and probably don't ask them more than once, I imagine. Yeah. There's, an, ask, there's an aspect there, Nicola. You're fantastic at remembering the follow-up, um, but it's just so true as well with a referral. It's very easy for somebody just to ignore and be like, oh, I'll just wait and see if they really want it. And just asking again can, can make all the difference. It really can. And I think actually, can't. I know Amazon isn't the most ethical company necessary, but look at what they do when they, when you buy something off of Amazon, they immediately offer you an upsell or two or three, actually. So are you doing that? And then as soon as you've bought it, they remind you several times to go and write a recommendation or a review of that thing. And uh, they put it in your past four items, which is then served to you whenever you go into your basket so yeah. even if you just follow those principles which obviously have had millions spent on them go and do that so <laughs> ask yeah. ask for referrals 
and you know update them and respond to them so if someone even if someone leaves a bad review or something respond to it in a very professional way i think again something you said there really resonated with me is this kind of concept of orchestrating a referral i i remember hearing that way back in the day it's one of the things that still resonates with me t- today because it implies that you're not a victim of chance when it comes to referrals that you can not necessarily control whether somebody does but you can have real agency in getting somebody to refer and I think part of that is also setting it up so you're creating these feedback aspects you mentioned but for me that's also an aspect of building trust and 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 kind of what you would often do if if you kind of have that natural conversation is is there somebody else that you think I can help you know that seems actually a very natural part of a conversation whereas Mm -hmm. if you have no feedback two-way conversations from like start to end and at the very end you're like oh by the way it's like who are you I've never I mean we met when you were selling and now you just want my business so uh, I think there's something there's a trick there uh, in in a good way yeah absolutely and um even when you just think about things where you get good service from anything that you buy and then emulate that so Mm -hmm. for example I ordered some um plants and um, they were on their way. So they told me they were on their way. So they've been mm-hmm. dispatched. I'm like, oh, good. And you can follow the tracker. And then in the meantime, they've sent me some care for your plants videos, which mm-hmm. were kind of fun. And then they sent me um, a voucher to give to someone else before they'd even arrived. And then right. they arrived. And then they sent a check-in. How are they doing? Send us a photo, which I did because I was a proud, proud plant parent sent them a photo which obviously they can use as social proof they mm-hmm. sent me the voucher again to forward to someone which i have done yeah. um so that care along the way you're not just selling yeah. and then asking them for more sales you're caring yeah. them along that process so just taking a step back and looking at the customer experience i think is really helpful along that way but it's really hard yeah. to do when you're just in when you're just in the business isn't it when you're just yeah. stuff yeah I think there's also an aspect there of um, having something to, there's one aspect, which is the refer, do you know somebody that can benefit from what we've been doing together? The other aspect is to actually give them something to pass on. You you mentioned that particular idea. In the corporate language training business, it could be a variety of things. One being a, a free demo lesson with one of your teachers to really see if the experience is just better and you kind of someone's going to benefit or it might be something like a a free audit you know a language audit where you kind of go through the business and really understand kind of where the pain points which is such a win-win for everybody anyway you need to have that done regardless but are there any other kind of uh angles that you can you feel would be quite relevant for corporate language training in particular um what's funny i think it should be a total no-brainer no effort referral Mm. So actually getting an audit, they might think, oh, I've got to tidy up before they come in. Ah, <laughs> nice. It's like if someone came in to clear my email inbox, I think, oh, I've got to get rid of oh. them. It's really embarrassed. Um, you know, all the subscriptions I should have stopped. But uh, making it an easy no-brainer and a win-win. So I found quite successful. Mm-hmm. We'll give you uh, a voucher for something and we'll give the new people a voucher for something. Um and it depends on the industry. So uh, some companies I've worked with that are maybe in the financial technology sector, randomly, I seem to have clients there. They will take, they will happily have a voucher themselves, a £50 Amazon voucher. Mm-hmm. 
and then send the referral. However, in the in the, the more um, you know globally socially responsible perhaps uh, language learning arena education arena, they like a win win. So yeah. you get. Twenty-five pound Amazon voucher, and they would get a twenty-five pound Amazon voucher. Whatever is, whatever is work. And actually, it has been proved that vouchers work better as an incentive to give a referral. Something like fifty-something percent mm-hmm. are those wow. giving um, a free lesson, um, possibly. I think maybe they could get that anyway. I would, I would imagine you would give a free lesson as a sample to the person that you are selling to not sure I probably would mm-hmm. um, but that that's what I would do or a coupon literally a coupon with their name on it that looks fancy um I would I would present that as well charity can work we have done actually a scheme where um if you refer someone we donate to our charity which is this but you have okay. to hope that that charity resonates with that person so that could be mm. a problem miss one other aspect I thought of there was language. When you say, do you have anyone you know that you think could help? I find that doesn't always get great results. Why? Because I have to look in my in my brain. I have to go through catalog everything and try and figure out somebody that's, you know, got, a, let's call it a problem, but they may not. So I'm kind of having to switch from question to like searching my brain and trying to find you an answer. And I find that sometimes using more specific language can kind of help them figure out which part of the brain is that referral. I don't know if you've got any thoughts about that, Nicola. Um, I think the more specific you can be, the, the easier you make it, the more yeah. likely they are to do it. So yeah. whatever that may be. So can you refer me to your top two favourite suppliers that might need us? Yeah might be be specific um or the last three people that you um emailed externally for example be really specific and just make it a no a total Mm. no-brainer they're just much more likely to do it i think that's thing is a fantastic one like that is something that you would sort of have on on mind and their businesses you know so it could be a a really nice way so maybe also for the for those listening in just kind of experiment with some of that language. And if you're getting lots of blank stares where people are like, I can't think of anybody, it, it may need that you, you might need to provide a bit of scaffolding uh, to yeah. find that. And given it's, the text as well. So the other thing that we've done in the past is given them to say, if you don't know what to say, here's a few lines that you could put on an email just so they can copy and paste it. Yeah. So they don't even have to, or not, but at least then you've offered. Yeah. 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 Um. Actually, on that point, sometimes I find, or I'm a bit nervous. And you, again, I'll rely on your own confidence there, Nicola. It sometimes feels a bit like um, pushy to kind of have already did the assumed kind of close with that. It's like, hey, would you like to refer somebody? You can send them this. But I think there are some different words that can make somebody feel like, oh, actually, that's helpful rather than. Hey, wait a minute, I didn't say I was going to refer you. So we don't know each other that well yet, Nicola. So, you know, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I would give them some options and just say this is, you know, we ask people for these referrals. Yeah. I hope you're okay with that. We're a small business or whatever it is. And yeah. we want to expand. I hope you understand that that's what we all need. Yeah. And we've had some advice. And here's some examples of things that we've that other people have 
use to refer us yeah. option one option two option three yeah or you know create your own we'll just be very grateful that you refer us at all yeah no that's excellent i also think when you're in the corporate language training space there's an aspect there's probably an aspect of companies know other companies you know and actually particularly going into corporate language like if you can build more of a niche particularly if you're a small to medium-sized business you want to build a niche anyway so if you're getting referrals of other like-minded businesses that's probably more valuable in a way than just any old business um so possibly also that can help you know if they've got uh are there any you know you know, really kind of thinking about the kind of partnerships and associations or other ways that they might be able to to provide like-minded businesses. Yeah, especially if you can give some sort of proof behind mm-hmm. what you have achieved with that original client. Mm. So say we got your team from X to Y mm-hmm. or the satisfaction from your team was at 9.9 out of 10. Yeah. And, and you can go use that stat to go to the referral with yeah so that goes into the text for example so look look how we've helped you i hope you agree that's a good result um, and if you think it's a good result and you'd like to give that the opportunity to work with us perhaps with a voucher or something yeah then this and here's 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 a quick paragraph on something you could just copy and paste to them you can make it feel like something you would do even in person like if i'm right next to you nicola that's something i might ask you whereas sometimes overly formalizing the language can be like this just feels weird yeah yes but if you do that lovely journey throughout mm-hmm. and you do those touch points throughout they won't be a stranger to you will they so it makes it a lot easier yeah. to ask them to refer or then you're just making your own life easier yeah. one last um big tip though as well is to look at your businesses and see if they have sister companies or they're part of a bigger organization particularly if you want to expand like and you're with one department, you know, expand out. Can you get, um, if they're like, oh, we're not, uh, you know, our global team is not interested in kind of changing our provider, but we love doing sales language training with you because of X, Y, and Z. You could kind of ask the question, oh, is there another department lead that you can refer me to? Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, we can see if we can do that as good a job for them as we have for you. So uh, that can be really helpful. And also you've got international companies where they'll have a company and I don't know, wherever you might be from, it's okay, let's call it uh, England for this case, but they may have a branch that's in France and maybe a, an HQ in Spain and kind of using that to follow the follow the trail can really help a lot. Mm. And not even, don't even stop there. So are they a member of an association? Yeah. For example, good, yeah. So, um, or... Are they part of it? They might be part of a franchise, as mm-hmm. you said, might be part of an association or accredited by the same body, mm-hmm. all these sorts of people. And in fact, those are the places that you should be networking as well. I was just thinking that's such a good <laughs> tie into the next number three. What's our number three foolproof way, Nicholas? We have got local networking, friends and family. We often forget uh, and forget your friends and family because quite often they work as well and may have a need <laughs> local networking um is super important especially if you have kind of bricks and mortar yeah. training center um local networking because everyone you network with has a network so even if they're not your ideal client they have a network of people um and i lose count of how many people have referred on to me from someone random I met in a networking thing and had a lovely time with and just thought, oh, they're not really in my 
you know, in my ideal client kind mm -hmm. of niche, but they've referred somebody who is. So don't forget to do local networking. It also feels good, I think. There's something nice about local networking. Um, but use your chamber of commerce. Um, use your national national bodies as well, actually. Like, so we have the Department of Trade and Industry here. Um, so use the equivalent of that to get you into different sectors. And I say local schools, which sounds a bit odd for corporate language training, but there are lots of parents uh, that have children at the local schools. And uh, I don't mean go and hang around at the school gates because that's just weird. Go and maybe sponsor a team or, um, you know, when they have, I don't know, a fate or something, some sort of event. Maybe you could go along. Maybe you could go and give a talk to the to the children uh, about the language learning, for example. There's a few things to be done there, particularly if they are, uh, you know, if you're giving English language training, go to the local British boarding school or whatever it might be. But don't forget those. Um, there, there is a way in here and there are lots of parents involved in one school. So um, you, you only need one or two and you've built another network there. So I'm kind of spidering off. I think Great one idea. of the things you, you said was beautiful. And I, I, I just forgot how, and again, going this, we, we were talking about the names for this conversation. One of those was like the forgotten ways. And that was definitely one for me. <laughs> you said, everybody works somewhere. And just think about everybody has, you've got all these friends and in corporate language training, there's a very good chance that they'll need some kind of, particularly if they're doing the same thing, let's say that you're in a non-English speaking country. Uh, there's a really good reason that I might want my other friends as well to, to be mm -hmm. interested in what I do. So I thought that was a really good point because I really feel that we forget to ask the people that actually know and love us the most I'm... and are most likely to refer yeah, us out of anyone. And we just never tell them hey, actually, there's this one little thing that you possibly can, you, you would want to do. Yeah. Uh, so what and a give great... them a tool to do that, though. Yeah. So if they're working there and you're saying, can you please go and ask your boss if they want language training? They're going to be yeah. like, well, that's awkward. How do I do that? So give them <laughs> tools to do that with. Mm -hmm. And again, give them statistics. And so they feel more comfortable actually doing it. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic point there. So... These are all things to the the first three are really to do with people that are uh, fairly proximate to you, and the second two we're going to talk about are, are where people aren't known to you. They're kind of outside of your your general kind of networking group. So, uh, our our fourth um, way to find new corporate language clients uh, clients is is where do they hang out? They hang out on LinkedIn, right? And maybe you can expand on this for us, Nicola, about what you've seen work and and I can also kind of pitch in a few ideas from what we've seen even with LearnCube. Mm, um, I love a bit of LinkedIn so my coach mm. is a LinkedIn expert actually so I'm I'm well honed on this so making sure my first tip actually before you start networking on LinkedIn is make sure that your bio and your about section is basically a, a sales page without sounding too sleazy it's a landing page it's like a mini website for you uh, so don't forget to make that call out your ideal client um tell them what outcomes it's not all about you and i say that a lot it's not about you you're fabulous everyone's fabulous but, but the landing page is how you help other people it's about them about what outcomes you give them so make sure yeah. uh, you are set up well um and then linkedin um 
I have, I'm quite systematic about my LinkedIn. I actually outsource some of my LinkedIn work as well, dare I say it. So I have someone, um, I will give them a job title and a country and a sector. And someone goes and looks them up and just bangs in 100 contacts to connect nice. with me. That's pretty easy. Um, I don't need to be spending half an hour doing that, but it's pretty easy. So I outsource that. Uh, so if you're looking for, um, I don't know, let's say HR directors might be as a corporate language trainer or learning and development managers mm -hmm. in the automotive, I don't know, I'm guessing automotive in your country, pretty easy to look up without having any paid service on LinkedIn either. You can do this for free. Go and look them up and increase your network. So you can do 100 a week without any kind of penalty yeah. um, and then make sure you've got good content on there yes yeah. so that they see the value um and join groups so groups i don't find are as active on linkedin as they are on facebook for example you, no. you know herbert no, no i agree so there are some on there and i think we get lots of lurkers on those <laughs> LinkedIn groups. oh yes Somewhere, yeah but they're, they're watching um <clears throat> just make sure that you've got your social media your all your posts going out go live linkedin love like you know i'm sure herbert will tell you that the video content and the events are what they're prioritizing so just make sure you're talking the language that you're and not i don't mean language like english but the the, the content that your ideal clients would like to hear mm -hmm. in your feed um, and that will help and then as soon as they're connected they've accepted your connection mm -hmm. say thank you for the connection do not sell to them straight away <laughs> I mean, that's one mistake a lot of people make right oh, as, as soon as they connect it's like hi oh, i i provide so-and-so services do you need a do you need assistance <sighs> no i don't <laughs> no. so there's a there's a great question there's a great question there then nicola what do people what can people do other than saying thank you that might lead into more of a conversation that's organic and feel a bit more real so several things I would do. So let's say I'm trying to get 100 connections a week. You don't get all of those. Let's say I get 20 a week, new ones uh, from my ideal clients. I will go and have a look at what they do and what they've posted and then write to them about that. So yeah. I know that you did this or how interesting that you live here. So someone this morning uh, lives in Barcelona. I used to live in Barcelona. So I was saying, oh, I used to live by this tube stop. And we're having mm. a nice chat about that. Totally unrelated to selling. Um, the other thing that I've started to do the last couple of weeks is actually leave voice notes because I'm being a bit lazy. So I've got one. I've got one recently. Nicola, <laughs> you're using it against I... me. <laughs> no, I'll just say, I'll just talk. And I think um, it's just quicker and no one else is doing it. So yeah. I figure it will maybe stand out. So, and that's just, uh, how are you doing? Nice to connect. If I can help with anything, give me a shout, really. That's that's what this. Yours was more specific, Alex. Come on. No, I think that's such a great <laughs> idea, though. Just think about, again, in terms of how do we build trust? We build trust video more. Why? Because there's more inputs. I can see you and I, yeah, I get I get signals from whatever is in the background or the way you dress or those sorts of things. And an audio message is maybe a tier below, but it's also less in your face. You know, it feels possibly a little bit more where the person might meet you, right? Which is like, hey, we don't know each other yet. 
here's this is how I sound and don't I sound happy and fabulous for you to come and talk to me you know like you're kind of putting yourself out there I think that's a great uh, a really great idea uh, one thing I think is important with LinkedIn is to differentiate the different uh, tasks in sales so the first one is LinkedIn is exceptional at helping you identify the right people so that can be almost irrelevant of whether you use LinkedIn as the main sales channel. It, it still could be the starting point of like, hey, these are the companies that I really want to work with and kind of filtering down. Because I think a lot of people, why do they not find new customers? They're too overwhelmed. It's like, where do I look? Everyone's everyone's a potential client and no one's a client. And every time, you know, and they'll say things in their head. And I know I've said the same thing myself sometimes, you know. Uh, none of the, none of them are interested in what I have. They keep on telling me how uninterested they are. And what I have to say, you know, in terms of like they might not respond, and so there's kind of this narrative I think in a lot of people's minds about um, whether people are interested. And I think where you can kind of take this is Nicholas something you're exceptional at, which is taking it to another channel. So you use LinkedIn to find the people, but there are other ways of meeting somebody or starting a conversation how would you approach that nicola um well i've always been taught that anything on linkedin facebook instagram you don't own any of that they could shut down tomorrow and you've lost it all mm. so my aim is always to get them into my world which is my email list actually yeah. uh, and segmented so i know what type of person i'm dealing with or what their interests are mm -hmm. so i will use um linkedin i might send them um later on i'll send them a free ebook that I have or an invitation to a webinar that I'm running, they need to register for something like that. So I will get them into my world so I can deal with them much more strategically, but also for interest for them. So if they're not, some of the people are interested in, for example, my cold calling business because they have a team that they need to cold call that don't know how to pick up a phone. So they'll, they'll be segmented that way. Or I'll also have, um, school leaders that I coach one-to-one -one because they need not just the sales but that sounding board and that um, kind of mentorship uh, so they'll be dealt with slightly differently so I will always try and get them into my world using something like a and I'm saying lead magnet like everyone knows what a lead magnet is so just ask if you <laughs> no go for it what I think it's important let's let's remind yes. ourselves what, right. what makes a let's, let's say this what makes a great lead magnet this is a Herbert question, isn't it? Oh, yes. Go Herbert. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes. Good, yeah. good misdirection there, Nicola. Very good. Now, now I'm not prepared for it. <laughs> you caught me by surprise. Um, Very what I've seen uh, work really well at the moment is, is a newsletter, you know, a weekly yeah. newsletter that provides value. It's not salesy. You're not pitching anything. You provide one actionable tip, strategy, whatever, uh, and people expect, uh, people know, okay, oh, every Tuesday afternoon, I'm going to get this uh, newsletter uh, from Nicola and I'm going to learn something about B2B sales or whatever that yeah. is. Uh, and you're providing just value, value, value. And maybe at the end of the newsletter, you can have a little um, kind of uh, signature saying, you know, if you ever need help, these are ways to, you know, collaborate. Yeah. Um, a free newsletter. Uh, I feel that a lot of people are doing that right now, but um, we used to okay. use PDFs um, a, a lot or eBooks. I, I just feel people download these and, and, and never read them anymore, but maybe you've experienced something else, uh, Nicola. Um, so that's why I think a newsletter is, is, is a great way of uh, having that. Well, it's interesting. So 
whilst I do put a lot of value into my ebooks and PDFs, my aim is not for them necessarily to read it. Okay. Once they're in my world, they're in my world. And right. then they will get my newsletter. So sure. they'll get other values. So yeah. um, and webinars, you know, they don't all you might get 150 registrants, but mm -hmm. it will turn up. You just won't they won't will turn up. Some of them will open the recording, some of them won't, but by that time you're already nurturing them. So they're already in a nurture sequence, aren't they? For yeah. did you this is what I do, what do you do? Book a call, have a chat, mm -hmm. this is other thing you might like. So you're building your own trust and rapport. Meanwhile, they're seeing you on the socials. But it's a lot more personalized once they're in your world. But lead magnets, um, my my best one actually is one targeted at education agents, which is funny enough, 20 free places to find more students. Um, mm. And that's gone down a store because it's a no brainer to download it. You just go, have I covered all of this? Yeah, and it's I, like a curiosity and a yeah, tick box, know. you know. Yeah, exactly. And the other one is a five-day challenge, which is a lot more hassle to put right. on. Webinars are a bit easier. They go down really well. Sample lessons can work really well. Yeah. Yeah, I love all of that. That is uh, some really great advice there. And it probably means that we are ready for our last uh, way. We've talked about clients, referrals, net local networking. We've talked about LinkedIn and I guess how that expands as well to theoretically, you know, cold email and cold, cold calling. What's our last point here, Nicola? So conferences and trade shows. Yeah. Uh, so these may cost you to attend and definitely will cost you to exhibit. Uh, always check the details before you pay money. So check footfall, how much exposure you're going to get or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and ask other people that have, you know, been there before. Um, but the idea is not to go where you feel you can show off best. It's to go where your ideal clients will go. And that might not be about corporate language training. It might be an HR conference or a learning and development tech seminar program where you've got to define that client first who are you trying to attract who makes the decisions mm -hmm. who do you need it to get in the room with and go there where do they go and again this is a great thing to ask current clients past clients you know which shows do you go to which conferences will you always attend might be something totally totally that's out of your mm -hmm. radar that you haven't thought to google you didn't even know it was a thing uh those are the places that, that you should be um but getting a good return on your spend there ideally get the list of people that are attending you can't always but if you can do and contact them <laughs> so cold yeah. in cold calling there yeah, contact yeah there's them. usually an app yeah. or some some other way okay. i've almost seen that almost Email universally list. now mm -hmm. almost everybody has some kind of app networking kind of thing uh, so that is really helpful but um, I think what you said there, Nicola, really resonated with me and certainly the corporate language training businesses that tend to work really well with LearnCube is this uh, working out where more of your clients are. Uh, and that could be an association, for example. And so a lot of the big players may be at the biggest HR come, you know, exhibit, you know, uh, show in that particular region or country. So tr if you're not a huge company, sometimes it's not really the best place it's going to be expensive for you. You're going to be mm. competing against all the big players. Maybe not the right way. Whereas if you're kind of focusing, let's use an example of uh, 
you know, I, you know, maybe it's IT. Don't go to the biggest IT conference in the, the world, but could you go to your local kind of IT meetup as an example? Could be a, a small place to start and then kind of build up that confidence from there. But I think there's a lot of find places where you're the big the big competitors aren't so you can really stand out and, and you're able to really talk their language uh in a much more um specific and focused way mm. and even adding to that try and talk at the conferences at yeah. which ideal clients will be going yeah. so um exactly. uh, adding yourself to the list of um you know key people yeah that can help the attendees reach their goals in whatever way it would be is big and people are happy to talk to you if they've been to see you know or even if they haven't been they might be in a different stream but saying well I was talking I was a speaker at this room about this is a great way to network but use use the networking and um, if you're the head of your training company you're probably you probably like I said at the beginning actually you probably haven't got that hustle in you anymore you have people do the hustle for you but mm. find it again find that little bit of mojo where just pretend that you're starting out and you have to find business out of this what can you do to squeeze as much business out of it as possible and do that but do it in the right way but get back to that hunger as it were to make sure you get as much business as you can I think that that will stand you in good stead and one way to tap into that, I've found even, you know, I've been writing a, a book called Langtech recently, but I found that was like a really useful, because if I'm helpful as well, that's probably what people want to listen to. For me, it's energizing. I get to better understand our clients and the people that we work with as well. So it's like all of this additional benefit on top of it being a really valuable lead magnet or output or something that's going to happen at the end of that. So it definitely mm. resonates with me, Nicola. And it all feeds into each other. So the better your LinkedIn network and your personal network and your connections and your referrals mean that you're more likely to get speaking gigs, for example, in lists and invitations. And it all just builds. So, But being consistent in it, because a lot of that, you know, doing your LinkedIn connections and your referrals is a bit, you know, it's not going to set your world on fire if you're used to being the big cheese, is it? But it needs to be done. So if you're not going to do it, make sure somebody else is doing it for you, I think. What a great way to, to finish a very useful tip there. Thank you, Nicola. Uh, so Nicola, thanks so much for joining us on this particular occasion. Um, tell us a little bit about where people can find you and, and also what kinds of services you offer. Oh, yes. So you can find me on nofluff.biz, B-I-Z, or hello at nofluff.biz. You can find me on socials. Obviously, LinkedIn is where I am a lot. Oh, uh, I... I work in all sorts of ways, mainly to increase your sales in a very human to human, non ringing bell kind of way. So um, it will resonate with everyone from someone at your front desk through to your sales leader. Um, And I love working with kind of medium to small size companies. I do work with corporates as well, uh, but I love seeing that immediate growth which is a real, it's the salesperson in me. I like to see an idea. <laughs> so literally within the week, I want to see some more sales wow. coming in or something changing. Um, and you can do that in the smaller the smaller organisations. Um, you know, with team, sales teams, maybe up to about 10 people. It's probably my, my favourite bit. So the sales consultancy, so it could be the tech or 
Um, you know, I refer out to my network as well if I can't do particular parts. Um, but then getting the leads in, I will help you convert more of them to bookings. That's that's what I do. And that will be training, coaching, mentoring, um, as well as the actual setup of the function itself. So remember, um, that's uh, nofluff.biz. And Herbert, where can people find you? At learnmedia, L-U-R-N, media.com. Fantastic. And you can find more about um, LearnCube and our virtual classroom online school at learncubecube.com. And in the meantime, thanks so much for listening. And we wish you every success with your new prospecting. All the best. <laughs> Bye now. Bye.